these podcasts are recorded in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional gathering place of the Anishinaabe, Cree, OG Cree, Dakota, and Dene people, and the homeland to the Métis Nation. Our water here is sourced from Shoal Lake 40 First Nation, and I pay my respects to the Inuit, First Nation, and Métis elders, past, present, and emerging. Please note that these podcasts are for information and educational purposes only. Feel free to consult with your physician or your mental health provider before starting or changing any of these wellness practices. And if at any time you experience unmanageable symptoms, please call 911 or attend your nearest hospital in order to find the support that you need. Hi, and welcome to the Journey with Julie podcast. I'm your host, Julie Long, and I believe it's in you to heal, especially when we do it together. Hey, everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Julie Long. And today I was hoping to talk about the term highly sensitive person and how I identify with that term and the things that I do to cope and self-soothe with being a highly sensitive person. So I learned about this term when I read Elaine Aaron's book, The Highly Sensitive Person, uh, How to Thrive When the World Overwhelms You. And so she uses four categories in her book to categorize what a highly sensitive person is. She first wrote it in 1996, has since done several revisions based on the latest research, which in the podcast notes page of this podcast, you can see the link to those um, journal articles. But basically she indicated the four categories that identify someone as a highly sensitive person is that we process everything in our environment, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. And our nervous system is just noticing and processing that information without our awareness, okay? So for clients who are also highly sensitive, I kind of describe it as a cat who has whiskers all over the body. And so those whiskers or those antennae are noticing everything. So through that brainstem, that um, warehouse that has to now figure out how to categorize and organize, categorize and organize all this information and deal with it, it can get pretty overwhelming. So not only do we notice everything, but highly sensitive people get overwhelmed and tired. Not only from processing like our environment, but people that come into our world and all the energies, personalities, and issues that other people that we're navigating around bring into our world, whether we're aware of it or not. We have a very strong sense of empathy. So my sister and I joke, because we'll laugh at any emotional commercial, like even a song, like I'll start to sob. And it's, and my husband and I just laugh now because I'm feeling it as if I'm in it. And so we process everything. We feel everything. We're empathetic. Since we're noticing everything, we're sensitive to all the subtleties. And I kind of refer to this as like the Jason Bourne quality of a highly sensitive person. Um, I'm noticing everything that's in my environment. And while that may be funny, if I think of it as the terms of a, like a, a hero in a, in a movie, it can be too much, it can be too much. 
So when we're thinking about all of this information that my antennae and whiskers are noticing and processing and feeling, I can get overwhelmed very easily. And so I need to pay attention to this as I make choices about how I move through my day. And I really wish I knew about this when I was younger because I used to think like I'm one of seven kids. I experienced the world differently. And I used to think that like I'm needy, I'm sensitive, I'm weak, I'm not enough. Like something is wrong with me, but there isn't. This is actually an inheritable trait. Now that I know that, like I can look at um, my mom, my uncle, and I can see these traits. And sadly, it's sad for me to say um, that I viewed them negatively because of that. But when we are able to recognize that this trait is what it is, and we can stay in our body and stay in our power and regulate ourselves, um, we can have very full, happy, healthy lives, even more so than other people who don't have all these whiskers and who aren't able to notice all these things. And being a partner of a highly sensitive person, well, that's a gift because the um, the things that I'm able to notice that my husband might be thinking, feeling, uh, needing, and I can attend to that and empathize with that helps people to feel loved. Although only if they want to be seen, because sometimes we see things that other people don't want to see, and then they might feel vulnerable. So there are catch 22s with it. Absolutely. Like anything else in life. The one catch 22 about being a highly sensitive person is that if you're growing up in an environment, that's very chaotic, overstimulating unsupportive, then it's going to be even more difficult than if someone who's not a highly sensitive person is navigating that environment, especially if you have, you know, high A scored adverse childhood experiences scale, then you might be more prone to depression, anxiety, um, shyness, you know, difficulty navigating social um, situations because, whoa, it's a lot to process. So if we are able to manage our stress, then this inheritable trait can actually lead to healthier, happier lives, better decision-making, more refined, clarifying learning. Um, and just that knowing that intuition, that empathy that we can offer how we move through our world. And so the catch though, is to manage that stress. Cause like anything else, stress exasperates everything and makes everything more difficult. So this is something that I've had to give myself permission and validate that I need in order to feel good and feel healthy, make good decisions, uh, be a good partner in relationships with my husband, my friends, my family, clients. Um, and so I have a few objects around me that I'd like to share with you about what I do. And I would love to hear from you what you do so that other people who struggle with overwhelm and how to stay in their window of tolerance so that responding in a way with agency and feeling good about themselves, we would love to hear it because everybody's unique and has um, different ideas. And the more brains put together, the better, right? Okay. So I'm just going to go through the senses. Uh, sight. Um, when I look at my dogs, it makes me very happy. And when I'm outside and I can see trees, like evergreen trees in the winter, it makes me very happy. And so the combination of both, I have an image of, on my phone of my dogs 
um, in the middle of a field going for a walk out here in Minnedosa. And that makes me very happy to see that. And then if I just think of that image, then that memory of being outside with them comes to my mind. And uh, that association of that positive memory comes and makes me feel happy and decreases my stress level. Okay, this is gonna seem weird. Yes, these that is the uh, teapot and cup belonging to my childhood. And that's the formal dining ware that we would use for special holidays. And I had it boxed in my house. What am I gonna do with it? Use it, give it away. So I'm using it because it makes me happy when I see it. It's pretty and and not only do I look at it and I feel better, but um, self-soothing, that overwhelm that I feel as a highly sensitive person, um, drinking tea, that um, soothing sensation in my mouth um, is part of my toolkit strategies. So tea and my teapot, love it. The other thing that I actually really like is uh, golden milk. I'll have to put a link in it in the um, podcast notes, but it um, it's kind of has a thick um, texture because it's made of coconut milk and then it has um, spices in it and it's just really yummy and filling. Um, okay, hearing. So also on my phone, I have this app called Nature Space and I love listening to the sound of the lake with loons um, singing in the background. Um, if you've ever been to the lake, you might know what I mean. Um, so this is nature space and I won't play it, but my husband actually listens to it, um, at night. And that's the background noise that helps him sleep. Um, okay. Smell for Christmas. A friend of mine got me this new smell. Yes. And coordinated pink. I never used to wear pink, but now I do. It makes me happy. Um, the smell of cinnamon and vanilla, it calms my nervous system. And so a lot of these things, they're not obvious. They're just things that I can do in the background that calms my nervous system. And as a highly sensitive person, I can use that to my advantage. Um, another thing is my sister got me this, it's from Sage, a pocket pharmacy. So if I need to calm down, I can use an essential oil that I apply to my face or underneath my nose. Um, like a calming smell, like lavender, or if I'm feeling low energy and I don't have time to go outside to refresh myself, I might put like peppermint, um, underneath my nose and that will refresh me. Um, so that smell touch. I learned this. So I'm sitting on a bolster right now. I'm going to show it to you quickly. Child's pose, but with a bolster. And so I found this when I was going through COVID and my anxiety, like just all the change, everybody's emotions. It was a lot. And so I started to see this yoga therapist and she showed me this as an option. Um, excuse all the dog hair. Um, so I didn't have bolsters at the time. So I used pillows and a blanket, which you can do as well. But basically, as a highly sensitive person, the density of the bolster sends feedback like a hug to my torso. And I remember doing it for the first time, like I just clapped sobbing 
from the relief of the support that I felt. And that was soothing to me. So literally, I just go into child pose on the bolster. My blanket's not big enough or I didn't fold it properly. So I'm just going to grab my other bolster. And I just lie here and put the on the And breathe. I could do my ultimate master breathing here. I said that um, Instagram, I'll have to do another podcast of different breathing strategies. But this thing of um, lying on my torso with that feedback from the bolster is a game changer for me. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, the other thing that like, I hold all my, if I don't process out what I'm taking in as a highly sensitive person, it gets stuck in my body. And block therapy was something that also was a game changer for me. It's a different texture than the bolster. It's a little, it's cedar. So it's a little bit more dense, but I, I lie on this on my torso right here. And it's the density of the cedar squishes through my fascia that gets tense from my emotions. Um, and it squeezes through the fascia when it uh, meets the density of my bone and feel pounds lighter after lying on the block. So that's my touch. Taste, I've mentioned my tea. Uh, my go-to is peppermint or chamomile, again, depending on what kind of soothing I need. Um, what else do I want to share with you? Oh, thoughts. I love journaling. My journal is also another favorite color of mine. Turquoise, you can probably see from the pillow. If I were to show you the scan of my house, all my accent colors are turquoise. It just makes me so happy. Um, this is going to sound weird, but I love the smell of ink. And so not only can I get out of my head, what I'm feeling overwhelmed by. Um, but then I'm smelling my pen at the same time and it's soothing in different ways. Uh, smell, sight, and uh, thought processing. Um, I think the last thing that I wanted to share was movement. So I went to see my massage therapist yesterday and just she was just checking my alignment and I had to just um, curl my neck forward. And just basically forward fold um, so that she could check the alignment of my pelvis while I was doing that. And just moving slowly through a forward fold, notice my breath, how it was arising, was calming for me. And I remember seeing a somatic therapist in Winnipeg way, way back, and collapse was what my body in order to let go from all the overwhelm that I was feeling is what my body wanted to do. So when I'm able to just let my body move through the motions that it feels that it needs to let go, then, then I release that sense of overwhelm, can repress the refresh button, so to speak, to gather a little bit more energy. And then I'm not as prone to being overwhelmed by my highly sensitive processing nature as a highly sensitive person that if I don't stay in check and put moments in my day in the morning, afternoon, and evening to come back to myself, I burn out so quickly and, and get sick. And who wants to do that? So 
It doesn't have to be a really big deal to come back to yourself. These are just simple strategies. Oh, I forgot about, I have these um, coins that have an image on one side and a word on the other. Wisdom, protection, loyalty, breathe, healing, smile. Any little small little reminder, the way that our brain fires, if it's positive and brings us joy, it helps create a little bit more space in our nervous system to deal with whatever we're tending to. And as a highly sensitive person, we're taking in a lot more than other people every second of the day. So finding those moments of pause to come back to ourselves and soothe ourselves in these healthy ways um, enables us to be at our best. So thank you for listening. I hope this has been as been as has been of benefit to you. And if you're interested in sharing some of your self-soothing strategies, even if you're not a highly sensitive person, because we all get overwhelmed and stressed out, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Journey with Julie. If you feel like this episode has been of benefit to you, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on my website or on Apple or Google Podcasts. And if you have a question, topic, or story that you'd love to share, I'd love to hear from you. Please visit my website and leave me a note. If you'd like more, feel free to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll see you next Tuesday where we'll hear more about how to shift your life from surviving to thriving.